after these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. All right, everybody, welcome back to After These Messages, bringing you hot takes on commercial breaks. That's right. We're here to talk about TV commercials. We're talking about the good ones. We're talking about the bad ones. And we're talking about the ones where people say weird shit like this. You're the best Crocodile Dundee since Crocodile Dundee. Really? Yes, really. My name is Andrew Walsh, and I'm here with Genevieve Has. Hey, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. Complicated concept today. Yes. But I'm so excited for it. This is one where I threw you the concept and then you put it all together, which is <laughs> amazing. These are such good commercials. I'm going to do a quick little tease and then you can explain it more later. But we are going to be talking about postmodernism in commercials yeah, today. As it, as it turns out, we've actually been talking about it throughout the whole run of this show, but we'll we'll really get into it today. It really seems like now that I know about it, it seems like we're <laughs> in a golden age of it. And here's, let me just give you a little background. So the other day I saw on Twitter a tweet that was celebrating the anniversary of something called OK Soda. Now this was something that came out, I think in 93 and was gone by 95. Do you remember this at all, Vies? No, I don't. It was specifically targeted towards us, the Gen X generation, right? Because it was a time when we were apparently trying to eschew all advertising and marketing, and we just, we were the real generation, and, you know, we don't want to be marketed towards. So Coca-Cola said, okay, well, we're going to make a product where we specifically have marketing. We can sell that. Yes, exactly. We're going to make an entire marketing campaign based on anti-marketing. And so I was obsessing over this. I mentioned it on TBTL and our friend prom queen, Celine Ramadan, got at me. She's like, you don't remember this? She's like, I was obsessed with OK Cola. She's like, there was a phone number you could call and leave messages and listen to messages. And so she sent me this documentary, this quick eight-minute documentary that we'll talk about a little bit more in a second, that looked at this advertising campaign. And then that really inspired this idea of looking at modern postmodernism in advertising. That's right. All right. So we'll get into a little bit more later. Does that make sense, though, so far? Did I say anything wrong? Get your graduate degrees out, everybody. Oh, Veeves, thanks for putting this together. You found so many great examples of it. I think it's going to... I think it's a little bit mind-blowing and just fascinating and just a lot of really good commercials, too. Yeah. You know? Um, Also, of course, we'll check in with you guys, the Ad Council. Um, Veeves, we got some more notes, it looks like, from people who have been in commercials. Yes, we have some, but one person who was in two commercials, and um, although she is has a very small part in them, they are for real national commercials. Oh, man. I don't know about them. I'm excited about that. Um, and also, I was listening to the voicemail line. We have a bunch of new jingles. We'll see how many we can get through today. But um, one person even said, I don't know if we're still doing jingles. Yes. We're still doing jingles, yeah, my friends. Until we die. <laughs> until we die. Or the podcast does. All right. Well, they're talking about post postmodernism. Let's yeah, dial it back. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready. I looked that up really quickly today, and I was like, "No, my brain imploded." <laughs> Let's start with postmodernism. 
Um, by and by that, do you are you asking me to define postmodernism? Let me rephrase it. Genevieve, what's postmodernism? <laughs> um, it's hard to define uh, in some ways. I I did take a class uh, on literary theory in college, after which in which we learned about postmodernism. And after that, I started uh, referring to everything. And this is not a joke. This is a real thing that I did. Everything was a construct after uh-huh, that. Uh huh. Right. And in some ways, that is actually a, a kind of a good working definition of postmodernism. It's it's a late twentieth century. Uh, movement that affected like basically sort of every art form like from architecture to music to marketing actually um, and it kind of rejects the idea that there is an objective truth or a grand na- a grand narrative uh, it rejects authority and it tends to be sort of reflected in skepticism and irony and uh, metacriticism and sort of like self-referential uh, irony that can sometimes like Manifest as, let's say, a weirdo Skittles commercial. Mm -hmm. And that's what I kind of realized as I was like thinking about elements of postmodernism in commercials is that a lot of the things we, a lot of the shows we've done, like gross commercials or surreal commercials or, um, you know, commercials that break the fourth wall are ultimately, those are all sort of hallmarks of postmodernism. Uh, and it kind of makes sense, I think, that it would like you and I, as Gen Xers, would gravitate to those mm-hmm. things. We just didn't really have a great name for it. But like you mentioned, surrealism. Uh, surrealism on its own is not postmodernism, right? So let's think of the the Skittles kid. And I, I'm honestly asking here. I, I don't know. Yeah. Let's take the commercial, the classic commercial now of the Skittles kid. He's got Skittle pox in his face. Yeah. The girl takes one off of him and eats it is that postmodern in any way it is in the sense that it kind of it subverts uh something like it's a pretty gross image Mm, mm -hmm. and yet they're selling you a food Mm, right and like that idea of subverting something um and doing the opposite of what you might think someone would would do to sell you something is is an idea that or a thread that runs through a lot of what might be described as postmodernism i mean the thing about postmodernism is if you go if you get crafty enough you could really define anything mm. as postmodernism um but i well, think like a straightforward campbell's soup ad right. um for like showing family and togetherness and the sloppiness probably of not. life that's not postmodernism right no probably not um although you know you could you could probably make an argument for some of the newer more cheeky ones mm. um because irony and humor and um uh, kind of self-mockery is are all things mm. that um you know, it's it's anything, it, it can be, or elements of it can be anything except the, I guess, the straightforward, like, buy this Chevrolet. Yeah, right. It's reliable. Yeah, you know what's not postmodern? <laughs> the Chevy guy. The Chevy guy is not postmodern. Or is he? <laughs> no, he's not. So, I don't know if you're... I get the sense that you were not planning on reading this list, but I, just looking at your notes... You, <laughs> These are just my little sort of, like keywords to help me focus in because it's like people have earned graduate degrees no joke like defining this concept but even me again i watched this little kind of mini doc that was not about postmodernism it's really about this okay cole i'll play a clip of it in a second but um it really made me think oh yeah i haven't i don't know i don't have a good grasp on this i find it fascinating and then i saw your notes this list you have of things that kind of mark postmodernism was this something that you just remembered from school no this is these are ideas that i kind of pulled from just like doing some reading today um 
I think the biggest thing that that really like the sort of uh, core of it, the kernel of it, is really the rejection of the of the grand narrative. Mm. And I mean, even that's kind of a little bit hard to define. But like, you know, for so much of human history and so much of Western history, let's say, for uh, really, really more importantly, there's been this idea of like. This is what happened. This is this is what how we define beauty, and it's the like Aristotelian, you know, ideals and and like all these sort of like rules that you have to follow to be art or to be, um, you know, to to fit into the 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 arc of history. Like the we we have this like very specific. We had this very specific idea of like what is uh, like universally moral. What is like objectively true, um, and. As more, you know, you can even sort of look at it as, as a as more diverse voices started kind of becoming part of the uh, the body politic and having a, a a part of being part of the discourse. Uh, those ideas about like objective more objective morality and objective truth became more uh, flexible or uh, sort of vulnerable. Is this like the twentieth century? Is like nineteen thirties, or is it earlier than that? Probably a little bit. I don't know. I maybe guess maybe a little earlier than that. Maybe even later than that. Oh, actually. really? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly when it sort of started. And then now we have, uh, you know, Trump, and like nothing's true, and truth, <laughs> and truth yeah. is a truth is a distant wow. memory. Yeah. So I guess that's what we got from. I, I blame <laughs> I blame postmodernism for Trump. Can I? Um, there's my there's my <laughs> PhD thesis. Can I just um, poach some of these things on your list here? You have notes on postmodernism unsensational so that really speaks to the kind of gen x vibe there yeah the idea that when you're selling something the if you're unsensational about it that that's very subversive in a way because it's not like new and improved yeah it's okay i mean that's exactly it's what the okay, okay cola or that's okay right. soda was it's like fine all their commercials will play one in a bit is just like it's okay. What's what? It, where are we on the okay meter? Meh, we're pretty okay today. Like, uh, let's see, uh, under promising, same thing. Yeah, subverting, uh, subverting something while still selling it. Um, reverse psychology is at play in some of these. Yeah, like, there's maybe a you don't want to buy our cola. There's a Marmite ad which I didn't pull. I think we've actually talked about it on the show, but Marmite did a campaign a few years back. Marmite, if you're not familiar, is like this Vegemite spread that they eat in England. It's absolutely vile, in my opinion. Um, but it is kind of an acquired taste. And their campaign around it was like, you might not like it. Oh, right. I remember I, that. I we've yeah, we've talked that. about that. And here's my favorite. This is uh, last on your list. A way to trick the audience by flattering them into thinking that you know they can't be tricked by advertising. Yeah. Uh, right? A yeah. Mobius strip of marketing right there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, marketing... As long as there's capitalism, there'll be marketing, right? right. So uh, any any theory, any way of thinking can be turned, uh, can be beaten into a uh, a marketing <laughs> a marketing technique. And this little mini uh, YouTube doc that I keep referencing is by this guy named Thomas Flight, and he's just a guy, right? He he makes these YouTube videos. It looks like you were poking around his 
his uh, history a little bit today. This is the only one I saw. Um, and he's got a Patreon, too. Yeah, he's got a channel. You should check it out. Um, I found this OK Soda one really interesting and well-made. Mm-hmm. Me, too. Um, and I thought he did a really nice job. And he just writes, or he just does these sort of video essays uh, on topics that he finds interesting, typically like film and television and social, like other forms of media, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does have a Patreon, so if you want to go check out his work and kick him a few bucks, that would be nice, uh, since we are basically... Uh, Take using his idea here as a launch pad for our show. Yeah, in fact, I'm going to go a little bit further and actually steal some of his content for our show. This is about uh, 45 seconds of his documentary, um, which I guess is like almost an eighth of his documentary. So uh, <laughs> thanks again, Thomas. But I think he, uh, he does a good job. So here he is talking a little bit about the marketing for OK uh, Soda and talking about the cans. And then he kind of gets into this theorizing about like, can you successfully market using postmodernism. The cans had a 1-800 number printed on them that you could call to hear a number of pre-recorded messages or to record your own testimonial or story about OK Soda. Thanks for being such a devoted caller of the OK Hotline. Please listen closely to this OK coincidence selected especially for you. And people called it... Hi, I'm Bruce J from Seattle, and... During my vacation in LA, a friend offered me some OK Soda, and I turned it down. That was the night before the earthquake. Yikes. But mostly kids more interested in fooling around than buying soda. But can disillusionment sell? Can you really reach young adults who feel bombarded by excessive advertising, by shoving tons of advertising in their face about how unexcessive you are? And he goes on to say that, okay, maybe you can use little doses of postmodernism here or there, but you can't really double down on postmodernism. Yeah, because right? it's, it's intrinsically self-defeating. Right. And the only two examples he came up with was OK Soda. Yes. And I read it. He, he said that OK Soda was um, was truly a postmodern campaign, but that people did not like the soda. And I have to say a brief and unscientific sampling of the Internet tells me that it was gross. A description I read of it from the time in this in this tweet that was tweeted out by Retro News Now, my number one source for breaking news, by the <laughs> way. And that's not even a joke. They had an actual scanned article from a newspaper from the Gannett service. Um, am I saying that right or is it Gannett? Gannett, right? I think it's Gannett. Yeah. Um, describing it like from the time and they describe it as it's not as carbonated. It's a little bit flatter. And I think they said it's like a cola with uh, like a little bit of an orange mixed into it, which the flavor doesn't sound bad. Well, what the flavor that I heard described was orange meets root beer. It sounds like uh-huh. a GD well, suicide. Good. Yeah, which I love suicides. Blech. So the flavor sounds good. It's the it's the fact that they're like, we don't want the carbonation sure to be too much, man. I'm not sure that orange soda meets root beer meets cola is oh, like that is, a winning combination. It is. Can I just tell you that the, I consider myself a bit of a mixologist when it comes to mixing up in, in the old style machines, I'm not in the new I'm going to stop you right modern. there and say, no, you can't tell me that. <laughs> Orange is the key that brings I've everything together. I've seen you at the movie theater. Yeah. If I weren't there to govern you, <laughs> no, 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 you no. would go I know to what the I'm hospital. Doing. I know what I'm doing. I, I will say that these newfangled machines where you can get all the different <laughs> flavors, you know, all at once, it's not the, the same. the touch screens. Yeah, the yeah. orange, like the flavoring isn't the same as it used to Agreed. be just like getting orange Fanta and mixing it with yeah, root no, beer. Yeah, no, the ones with the like old-fashioned mechanical mm-hmm. uh, little arms that you press in are but for sure better. While I've got you here, let me just say, orange <laughs> is really important. That's got to be one of your major flavors, I feel like, as a building... <laughs> 
building block for everything that's else. A, that's the fundamentals of a suicide. Yeah, and then I think you want... Um, I I've think also you, heard them called graveyards. Yes, I've heard that as well. You want some uh, cola in there a little bit, of course. Um, sure. I would also say you can't... Root beer is a good flavor, but it also, it actually isn't as fizzy. So don't go overboard on the root beer, otherwise you're going to water the whole thing down. It's also one of the These strongest soda flavors. Like, yeah, so just a, just a dash. Overwhelming. Just a little dash of that. Uh, I was talking about this. Don't with forget the your Nick fruit jar. punch and your lemonade. No, 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 and your no, no, Sprite no. You don't put anything and your iced tea. Don't put anything that is not carbonated <laughs> in your carbonated beverage. <laughs> Are you not listening to me? Um, anyway, okay. So uh, moving so on Coke from there. So Coke made a suicide and called it okay. So <laughs> that's right, and it lasted for two years. Yeah. And so I guess you know maybe maybe Thomas Flight's uh, thesis here bears true. You know, like when you go all in on anti-marketing marketing it's maybe it's not going to last forever yeah it's hard to say i mean it would be interesting to to see them revive the okay soda campaign with a flavor that is like more road tested Mm -hmm. uh you know um but i guess you know you can't turn back the clock so we'll we'll never know although he did he gave me he gave me a great idea because he cited one other campaign that he said is unequivocally Postmodern in its mm-hmm. entirety, in the sense that it, it it almost negates the idea of advertising for itself, and that product is Cards Against Humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Cards Against Humanity, or do people know what that is? I think so. It's yeah. like it's a card game. It's like apples to apples was kind of the kind of the original concept, but this was like a dirty, ir- naughty, very naughty, yeah. irreverent version that would just like they, their slogan is a card game for horrible people. I would say that I think. More people know what Cards Against Humanity is than Apples to Apples. Oh, at this really? Point. I would think. I mean, you and I used to play Apples to Apples with our friends. Then we and we made our own version with index cards, in and way, we called we, it Ashes to Ashes. Yeah, we actually did invent and Cards Against Humanity. Cards True against, story. Yeah. Did you forget about that? No, I didn't forget. But ours was like ours was bad, but it wasn't like as bad. Like, and it was also based on a lot of like local, like inside jokes and local. Sure, and we didn't and put things like the gays or something. Oh, do they know? do that? Is yeah, it's pretty bad. It's like I get a little antsy about Cards Against Humanity because yeah. there's some stuff in it that's like, I mean, you know, in my snowflakiness, yeah. I find a little difficult sometimes. Well, do you want to talk more about Cards Against Humanity in a second? Or should we start with some of these OK Soda commercials? Oh yeah, first? sure. Let's actually play the OK Soda commercials. You can. I put it. I started it at. There's somebody. The only place I could find the commercials was this one person who, God bless you. Uh, fizzled fizzled double blog fizzled out blog fizzled out blog um Hmm. oh fizzled out blog (laughs) (laughs) am i (laughs) did you get that and you thought i was joking no i might i'm reading this as one word on the fly and i'm being honest here this is embarrassing for me to admit i can't read this because i don't have my glasses oh and you're on a tiny little screen okay yeah no it's one word fizzled out blog not Fizzled out. That's why I read Fizzled Double Bug. (laughs) God, my eyes are just going to shit. Okay. Uh, We'll talk about Warby Parker in the next show in their advertising campaign. Um, Okay, so they put all these together. By the way, one other thing that you can find online is... uh, is uh, all of the voicemails. Celine sent it to me. All of the outgoing voicemails that OK Soda had available, you can just like listen to them all in a row. And you'll hear bits of them in these commercials. This first one, I mean, they're, they're very confusing. So this is a commercial that aired on TV. And 
I guess they're referring to their commercials as chain letters. It's a way of not calling them commercials, sort of. Or they released maybe a chain letter on a morning news show. It's very confusing. I, I think that what they essentially did was they these commercials, if you watch them all in a row, do form a narrative, um, which is a little bit counter to the whole, like, it's right. postmodern or whatever. But the first one is a chain letter that threatens something bad will happen if you don't drink an okay soda. Which is why that kid called the voicemail line and said, I didn't drink one and an earthquake happened. And then every one after that is kind of a response to that one saying like, oh, uh, people have asked us if there were secret messages. The government's asking us to stop. So the whole, it, it all sort of builds on itself, but you definitely had to have sort of seen them in order to mm-hmm. get the joke. Dear Blake, this is a television chain letter promoting OK Soda. Tom B. of Little Rock, Arkansas declined a can of OK, then stepped onto an elevator that got stuck between floors for six hours. Now, I think that's a little bit hard to hear because the, the sound mix is kind of odd on this. So if you need help, uh, there's text on the screen that says Tom B. of Little Rock, Arkansas declined a can of OK Soda and then stepped onto an elevator that got stuck between floors for six hours. Happily, the other people in it, mostly third graders, knew an impressive range of knock-knock jokes and the time seemed to pass quickly. While this is only a coincidence, Tom now drinks several cans of OK each day and shares our belief that things are going to be OK. And that was how they kind of ended all of them, right? With uh, somehow saying everything is going to be Okay. Yeah, and they and they kind of get it more and more into this idea of like how much how okay are you on a scale of not okay to very okay, yeah. you know, and like really leaning into this sort of uh, okay is just okay is okay. Yeah, yeah, know? which is very Gen X. Yeah, um, and you know nothing nothing turned up too much, nothing too shiny, nothing mm-hmm. too sparkly. Uh, just like you know, it's soda, but we're, they but they don't eat, but they sort of barely even talk about the soda you know mostly it's this like yarn that they're spinning about this guy trapped in an elevator with a bunch of little inside jokes and then when you call the the voicemail line it's that guy's voice which is now going to be which really rings a bell to me by the way i feel like that voice has been used in other kind of iconic things maybe i mean he has like going he has that like very sort of generic voiceover guy sort of 50s voiceover and the the design of the cans although very um kind of arty and designy in their way in their like low-key way um kind of give you like the most the they have they have a face on them Mm -hmm. and one of the faces is almost sort of like an archie comic generic archie comic Uh face very americana yeah kind of there's like an americana quality to it it's interesting yeah i guess I, i heard in the documentary um from thomas flight that they they hired a bunch of like well known comic artists to do the oh, outside okay. like kind of comic book artists not yeah not the people who did i mean that's what, what's so funny about this is like that there's an attempt to say like this is un, the unbranding mm-hmm. but it's so branded mm-hmm. oh yeah so much work of that went into the branding here and yeah. so much storytelling that went into this campaign um that it's ridiculous to think that anyone think under doesn't understand that they are in fact being marketed to now let's talk about cards against humanity um you have one commercial here i've never seen these in the wild yeah i don't know where these appeared um and there are a variety of ads for cards against humanity some of them are more straightforward just pitches for the game right like mm-hmm. uh somebody talking about how the game is played um you know leaning into the jokes that the cards make when you put them together um, but they did a couple of ads 
that I think are really truly postmodern. One of them, and this is true, is a 30-second, and I don't know what Super Bowl this aired in or why we didn't know about it, but they aired a Super Bowl ad. 2017. In 2017, that is a static shot of a potato with the word advertisement written on it in marker. We were doing this show in 2017. Yeah, how did this we drives not, me crazy. How did we was not hear the, about this? Was this the year that we were out of town? Probably. But we still looked at a lot of those ads. Yeah, but we just couldn't have... We That's just, really embarrassing. We it just was didn't just, get it. I'm just going to... Is there any even audio to this? I don't... There might be some music. It's just or, an ugly looking potato with, with white noise with white noise and just says advertisement across it like somebody literally wrote it on the potato with uh, a black magic marker it never says cards against humanity no this is so balls to the wall crazy to me i i actually kind of love this now there's something imagine um, the money that cost them well here's something i don't know if you saw this but um on medium they posted something in february after this aired in 2017 called why our super bowl ad <laughs> failed we, i hope the answer is because we intended it to uh-huh um let's see here in this postmortem, we will examine the thinking behind the ad and the invaluable this lessons we learned this is the ad yeah. exactly what went wrong we wasted time with establishment thinking to begin work on the ad we hired a full service integrated advertising agency called Wyden Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> they wasted over six months of our precious time pitching concepts like people laughing while playing the game and amusing card combinations coming to life on screen. Eventually, we realized that they were burdened by the conventional thinking and we fired them, but this left us with only 48 <laughs> hours to complete the ad. So exactly, this is the ad, this right? Is the ad. You get so much, like, kind of, as we say, earned media of people being Absolutely. like, what was that? What was except that? this one, except on our show, which should be the most earned. I feel like it's a little bit like, and I guess this got mostly um, admonished, although I give it ad collades. I really like the Andy Warhol commercial, the the Burger King commercial yeah. this year. That was, again, just like, it was old footage of Andy Warhol hardly saying anything, just yep. opening up a, a burger from Burger King and eating it, well, and they didn't explain it at all. It's very telling that we're talking about two Super Bowl ads, because if there is one, ironically... If there is if there is a well of postmodern content in advertising, it is the Super Bowl because mm-hmm. the Super Bowl ad content is so scrutinized as ad content. So everyone's already talking about them as ads. It's so meta. they talk about themselves as ads. Yep. And it becomes this like recursive meta discussion about the ads because they're talking about it before and then they happen and there's conversation going on while it's happening and there's post post game analysis. Yep. And so a lot of the Super Bowl ads because they are creative and they they're going out of their way to be funny and just to get press they uh they are often much more on this side of the postmodern spectrum um did you want to play this other one from uh from from the office space this other cards against humanity commercial yeah this is just and again this is it does say cards against humanity at the end but up until then you would have no idea what this is an ad for it's just two bros uh, talking at in, in a very generic cube office space over the water cooler about Batman. All right, all right. I got one for you. What is Batman's guilty pleasure? Winking at old people. A wheelchair death race. Teaching robots to love. Being a dick to children. You know, you're a pretty weird guy. Then it just says Cards Against Humanity, because that's how the game is played, right? Sort of, yeah. 
Well, isn't that literally it? When you put somebody would put down a card that says, "What are Batman?" Or Batman? Yeah. I, are those? I don't know if those are real examples, but yeah. Yeah, and then you would put down. Everybody would put down their cards, and whoever's is funniest, right? Right. So that guy was like putting down his little cards. Yeah, but they weren't. They were just talking. Of yeah, the they were just cooler. talking. But he was like doing a water cooler version of, of Cards Against Humanity. Only the one guy didn't really kind of know that he was playing Cards Against Humanity. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. You were talking about the Super Bowl ads. I mean, so many on your list are Super Bowl ads. That's, yeah. Well, that that's what really I started looking out. at. Yeah. Because I was sort of racking my brains for how to isolate these concepts that are kind of esoteric and then i realized like where do where do ads go to talk about themselves the super mm-hmm. bowl i also like the way you have this um this list broken out into the, kind of the different aspects of postmodernism and yeah. you mentioned those were kind of the meta criticism of marketing especially the super bowl one the okay soda one um but now we're into absurdity and irony yeah th- I'm not going to belabor this because we have talked about the absurd and surreal uh, and kind of almost gross ads Mm -hmm. to death. I mean, there's Skittles, there's Doritos, there's Mountain Dew, basically any snack. What was the Mountain Dew? And again, think about um, Super Bowl. What was the Mountain Dew one that really... Puppy Monkey Baby. Puppy Monkey Baby. It was just a weird, absurd commercial, but somehow everybody was talking about that one. Right. Um, Doritos has a million. Twix, I think maybe is... Is the is the modern Twix one where it's kind of like I'm a left Twix, I'm a right Twix? Yeah, you consider that one? I, that's what I think of. Like, not that it's gross or anything, but it's absurd, right? Mm-hmm, like, certainly. they're identical. The joke is that they're identical, mm-hmm. and yet, you know, they have this war between the two candy bars, which can almost seem meta in its own yeah. way too, right? Like just candy bars competing against each other when there's little difference. Right. And then of course Old Spice kind of kicked this whole thing oh, off yeah, with big um, time. you know, I'm I'm in a I'm in an Old Spice ad. I'm yes. the man your man could spell smell like. So mm-hmm. um so I'm just going to mention those um mm-hmm. by way of saying, you know, that's that's a big theme um, among current and modern day ads. This Frank's Red Hot one kind of caught my attention because I think although it's not surreal in the way that like a Skittles ad is I think it like is absurd in some of the same ways and it gets kind of meta in the way that uh, it it re- references the product mm-hmm. so Frank's Red Hot is like buff it's like a buffalo yeah. type re- you know sauce we used to that was our main go-to growing up oh really yeah uh, we were not a Frank's house um, but their slogan and catchphrase has for years been a little old lady saying I put that shit on everything. They oh, I didn't know that. They bleep out shit. That's been their catchphrase for a long time. I didn't know that. I don't know, you know, if it's decades, but oh, it's certainly something okay. I've, you, I've heard before and I've seen ads where she says it. In this one, the little old lady is sitting on a park bench with a young man. Um, the young man's sort of like a hipster type. Um, hipster leaning towards nerdy, nerdy yeah, hipster, in that, certainly. in that Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're both swiping away on Tinder. But she's having a lot more luck than he is. I've made a match. Another one. That's number two. Good grief. Number three. I've been on this thing for three months and I can't get any matches. Four swipes, four matches. Excuse me, but what are you doing to get so many matches? I thought you'd never ask. Look at my profile pic. Frank's red hot. I put that on everything. Wow. In the photo, she's sitting on a Harley Davidson that says Frank's red hot, and she's holding a bottle of it up to the camera. 
Now, I don't want to imply that an elderly woman being a sexually appealing partner is intrinsically absurd, but I think in this context, that's the uh, right. that's the inference yeah, we're meant to I draw. Think I think you're safe there. Um, now, the next thing you have as far as the categories is this idea of self-awareness, almost like meta-commentary, right? Yes, and I know you, pull, you pulled uh, a clip from one of these for our shit like this. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this ad before, but it is almost, it almost crystallizes this definition of being, abs- of being self-referential and ironic and barely barely even making you aware that you're being marketed what you're being marketed to mm-hmm. until it's sort of too late yes and it was another super bowl ad from yeah. 2018 and it begins you think you're watching a trailer for a movie right? that's right it's a minute long and it's got chris hemsworth and danny mcbride and danny mcbride is playing the rebooted version of crocodile dundee that's right <laughs> that's not a knife that's a knife <laughs> That's me. Really? Whatever. You're all there. We're seeing all kinds of shots of him, like kind of recreating iconic moments from the movie, like when he holds out his, like in the Paul Hogan version, and he hypnotizes holds out. the the uh, whatever that <laughs> buffalo thing is. Yeah. So we see him trying to do that, then he's just like, whatever. <laughs> You're all there, mate. Just getting a clean shave with my machete. <laughs> see you next week, Barry. out here, huh? It's just 37,000 miles of pristine beach, mate. Did you know that Australia makes some of the finest wines in the entire world? Okay. Thank you very much. We're seeing things like world-class wineries, world-class dining, and Danny we're seeing McBride is looking guys. more and more sort of like, what's what's going on here? What's going here? on here? Why are you singing the praises of these wineries so much the while, we're, while we're having a wine tasting? Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Wait, hold up. This isn't a movie. No. It's a tourism ad for Australia. Yes. But listen, you're the best Crocodile Dundee since Crocodile Dundee. Really? Yes, really. Mm. And we had the best. <laughs> <laughs> There's, for a second, they cut away. You see Paul Hogan. He's eavesdropping on them. He's like, mm. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Hey, you know, there are some great flight deals to Australia right now. Dude, I get it. It's not a movie. It's a commercial. <laughs> I remember talking about that. That is that holds up, man. There's something else about this ad that is very postmodern, and that is what is uh, sometimes described as inter- intertextuality. Um, oh. And it's the idea that uh, the idea of sort of like combining genres or pulling in media uh, from one thing to represent another thing, mm. and the it's intertextuality is essentially the relationship between. Uh, between media, between two forms of media or two types of media. So like the idea of like, it's a commercial, but they've made it into like a movie trailer. Mm-hmm. Right. And and also, by the way, I want to point out that was from 2018 where I found, I, I'm going to say I found one, but again, I took this from Thomas's uh, documentary because I saw that he used a clip of this in his. Um, this 2016, two years before that, Kia Sorrento, you have Pierce Brosnan sitting in an office and his like, agent or somebody is is pitching him on what he thinks is a movie right pierce i'm so glad you're here because i got a role that is perfect for you man don't tell me action adventure sort of all right picture this we open on you driving in a beautiful car up a snowy mountain road you go in 200 miles an hour no 30 you look up in the trees and you see sniper no 
an owl. You come around a bend, there's something blocking your way. A missile launcher, right? No, a moose. A moose. <laughs> What's the mission? There is no mission. Top secret, huh? Yeah, sorry. So you keep going towards the summit, your destination, and there it is. A cabin. A cabin. And it explodes. What? No, it's just a cabin. No explosions. No explosions. But there are fireworks. Oh, I like fireworks. And by fireworks, he means that there's a beautiful lady waiting for him at the cabin. At the cabin. So, so we're seeing, as I hope you picked up on, we're seeing all these cuts of how he imagines it and then know how it's really going to be. And we're seeing these beautiful shots of a car driving and seeing yeah, owls and he's, he's and being pitched to be in this ad right. for Ikea, which he is doing right. as he's talking about it. Yeah. But he thinks that he is going to be in a James Bond kind of movie. Right, yes. Intertextuality! Exactly! Where's the bell? <laughs> uh, everybody drink! All right. Oh, very similar. So, going in order, 2016 was Pierce Brosnan. Australian Tourism was 2019. Isn't this Michelob Ultra one from... Oh, I guess it's 2019 and the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, no, the Super Bowl has happened. So isn't this Chris this Pratt one this, yeah. this year? So, yeah. So this is... Uh, actually, I haven't seen this one in a really long time. This is the one where the Chris Pratt is kind of talking to the camera about how he's in the new he's being, Michelob Ultra it's a right? It's a running montage of him finding out that he's been tapped to be in a Michelob Ultra ad and then getting ready very enthusiastically to be the star of this Mick Ultra ad. Okay, let's take a listen. Hey, did you ever hear from Michelob Ultra? I got it. So I'm training for this big role. It's a Michelob Ultra commercial. Michelob Ultra. Lower, lower. Michelob Ultra. Method. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, use the opposite hand. I think my character's left-handed. Who's the character? Michelob Picklestein. My name is Tommy Ultra. Tommy Ultra. <laughs> There's the obligatory shirt off shot, yep. by the way. He didn't he didn't get those abs to leave his shirt on. If you're gonna pay for him. I like beer! So sorry. I might even get my own beer hey, truck. Matt. Yeah. I'm the new spokesman. I'm employee of the night. It's not a competition. <laughs> he was in a 7-Eleven or something buying a six-pack. You gotta be fit. You gotta love Michelob Ultra. It's not like anyone else could do this. He gets to the studio. Pardon? What is your name? Chris Pratt. Over there, bud. Thanks. And there's a whole pile of extras. Mm -hmm. Turns out he's just going to be an extra. And yet he's not just an extra because he is the Michelob spokesman talking about being the Michelob spokesman, but he's not the Michelob spokesman. Uh Uh-oh. What do we have? caught in a loop. (laughs) Would you call it intertextuality? Um, no, is that just self awareness? I think that's self awareness. Right, I'll it's put my irony. bell down. I just wanted to ring my bell. Yeah, no, it's all. These are all great concepts. Uh, I love this. Okay, so um, what about this Rolos one? You explain how this is postmodern. Uh, this one, I, I feel like it sort of fits into the both a kind of absurdist uh, scenario, like an absurd proposition proposition for the action, um, and then in the middle of it, uh, it against all odds becomes a self aware. Uh, sort of a self-aware ad. So there's this guy standing at the top of a beautiful green hill for no reason that we can ascertain. He just gets hit on the head by a Frisbee and he starts rolling down this big green hill and that's when he turns to camera and starts talking. I appear to be rolling out of control. 
All this rolling reminds me I have Rolos. Mmm. Rich chocolate candy and creamy caramel. So delicious. That's how you roll! So that's actually a pretty big difference. Uh, that that ad is very different from the Rolos campaign that I'm seeing more of. I've, I've never seen that in the wild. I, I stumbled on that today. Most of the Rolos ads right now are much more the way chocolate is usually advertised. Mm. There's a woman. She takes mm. a Rolo from her purse. She eats it. And suddenly time slows down and becomes the music becomes sensual. Chocolate is sex. Chocolate is sex. Mm -hmm. And I think like it's so dull. Like chocolate is sex is just like, God, we've seen it a million times. Like, can we do something else? Mm -hmm. And I like this Rolo rolling down the hill. But nothing ever beats Rolo Tony Brown town. Check yourself at the door. (laughs) Give me some more. Give me some more of those Rolos. Can I just play that? Can I find that? Can you find it? Can I find it on time? Yes, you can find it. Rolo, the chocolate treat with caramel inside. Rolo, Rolo, roll your boat gently in my mouth. Pop, top, check it out. Lick the foil with with your tongue. tongue. Give it to your friends as a gift. As a gift. <laughs> Let's change gears. Rolo Tony Brown Town. Check yourself at the door. Give me some more. Give me some more. Give me some more of your Rolos. It's pretty good. Tim and Eric. Oh, so great. What they're doing is postmodern. Now I think everything is postmodern. Well, you're not wrong. But they're deconstructing all kinds of stuff. I mean, that's yes, what they're doing. Yes, we haven't even gotten show, into right? deconstructionism, but that was a great, <laughs> a great <laughs> introduction. Well, we only have two more commercials left, right? I didn't skip any, did I? Um, no. I don't think what so. What do we have left? So this you have all under intertextuality. 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 <laughs> including this My one. Intertextuality. <laughs> Please don't say your intertextuality. I'm going to start a band called Intertextual Chocolate. <laughs> what is that? Is that a would, coming? Would listen. Is that a coming to America joke? I don't even know. Yes, what is that coming sexual to America? chocolate is America. It's coming um, to America. All right. So this commercial again, Super Bowl 2016. Like we are in the heart yes. of postmodern advertising. Now this is, and I this is this going to be amazing. It's an amazing ad, and I highly recommend that if you haven't seen it, go to the Facebook page and watch it. It's going to be hard to describe because a lot is happening. Yes, but in terms, fast. but I used I I filed it under intertextuality because every thing that happens is a reference to something else, some other form of media. Um, because each person who opens up this, what's it, what's it called? <laughs> I don't know what it's called. I but almost called it a cheddar lupa, <laughs> but that's not right. It might be. That Queso might be lupa. A, I was really close. It's got cheese built into the taco shell. Right. It's a cheese-infused shell. A and everybody is shell. breaking it open and pulling it apart and seeing the gooey cheese. Mm-hmm. And the first person who does this says something like, this is going to be bigger than, I can't remember what. Uh... Well, let's take a quick listen. And, and I think we'll she's somebody. I think that might be Olivia Wilde. Okay, let's take a quick listen, and then I'll, I'll pause it after a second. She's in the shell. This is going to be bigger than man buns. Okay, so she says this is going to be bigger than man buns. Now we got two Cut man to, bun wearers. Two, just randomly, now we're in a street somewhere. We see two guys wearing man buns, and they're going to say this is bigger than something else. I'm not going to stop every two seconds because this is a long commercial. Just fill in the blanks. Um and uh, I, there's a football player with the big beard. We've talked about him before. I believe he's a basketball, or basketball player. James Harden. James Harden. You'll hear somebody say this is going to be bigger you're than gonna James hear Harden's the, beard. The, we'll see his beard. You're going to hear the law 
uh, the Lawhawk guy, the Texas Lawhawk. Who we've talked about, that yep. guy who's famous and, for and, making the, the viral TV commercials being an abs- like kind of a crazy lawyer. And the fact lawyer. that Taco Bell is pulling him in yes. to leverage his viral celebrity is like so mind blowing to me. Right. You're gonna you're gonna hear the guy who famously says it was aliens, the meme guy. Oh right, yes. You know, the weird looking guy. Yep. And they um, got him to recreate that exact scene. Yep. This is pulling from all it, kinds of all kinds of sources and internet memes. It's yep. really cool. It's really cool. Alright, so we're gonna start from the beginning here. Cheese in the shell. This is gonna be bigger than man buns. This is gonna be bigger than Tinder. This is going to be bigger than that Texas lawyer guy. Why, Wilson? The Texas law is going to be bigger than drones! Bigger than drones, he said. Bigger than driving a car! I told you, there's cheese in the show. This is going to be bigger than VR. This is going to be bigger than Mars Landings. Hey, cheese in the show. This is going to be bigger than aliens. Bigger than aliens. (laughs) Okay, Giorgio, somebody already said that. Bigger than James Harden's beard. This is going to be bigger than those things. It's one of those hoverboards. Why do they call those hoverboards? I don't know. They don't hover. This is going to be bigger than the baseball. Bigger than football. Real football. It's gotta be. Oh, it's a lupa. That must be a famous soccer player at the end. I'm sure it is. You're, we are the two people least able to. Oh, and then at the very end, it's the it like zooms out from what represents the internet. Yeah, two kids say this is gonna be bigger than the internet. Dude, that's gonna be bigger than the internet. They zoom out. Cheese in the shell. Oh my. <laughs> and of course that is famously Mr. Sulu George Takei Takei sitting in a kind of throne of sorts surrounded by all of these like me everything that represents that he's the heart of the internet yeah, or he's he, inside he's, the internet he's king meme which um, he is king, king meme. meme of meme mountain I think that he is should that be the show title <laughs> I don't even know I mean how do you what are we going to title today's show do we leave know. it blank I don't know what if it's like just the number is that postmodern That's or is that pretty postmodern or is that data <laughs> I don't even yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is that just ultra minimalism I don't know hey how about next week we do all commercials in the form that, that take on the traits of dadaism I love it okay yes. <laughs> uh, really carve out a niche for us okay and now yeah, the this, niche of no listeners now this last one is the touchdown celebration ad we talked about this is another if i have the right one here we talked about it recently it aired during the super bowl it for did. the nfl and, right? I know, and, and i know that this is not the only ad we've talked about before in this show and like i said at the beginning in some ways we've been doing this show the whole time yeah. um because so much of the so many of the commercials that we find interesting and worthy of comment are do have elements of this but i thought this one stood out because it's such a reversal and kind of like the words reverse psychology came up earlier um and this is uh odell beckham jr and eli manning performing the famous ending dance scene from dirty dancing oh i thought this was a different one okay yeah and it's so great it's they are not good at it, mm-hmm. first of all, which I love. It's really them. They're doing their best. They're not. They're not 
half-assing it. They're just not good dancers. Mm-hmm. And it's these, it's these, it's this hyper-masculine sport, and they just lean into this like romantic pairing, like this. It's, I mean, talk about intertextuality. I mean, this movie that is so iconic, being used to promote NFL football. Yeah. It's like, I mean, that's postmodern. I like, I don't care what else, whether we got the definition right or wrong, <laughs> I stand by that. All right, let's take a listen to this. You gonna work on that thing? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get it. So they're practicing passing the ball at first. But then it becomes a dance. Eli is playing the. Uh, the, the Patrick Swayze partner. So uh, coaches and players are watching them do this in the middle of practice. And again, they're going for it. Yeah, they're just not great. They're just not but great they're trying. But they're really doing it shot for shot. Yeah. And even and then when at the point when he starts uh, having dancers in the background, the backup dancers, his his other the other dancer kids, other members of uh, the football team. Uh, who I think are here, sort of, it's sort of like generic football team. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if those are actual giants. Um, although I think they are wearing giants. Colors. They might. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, you, would... you know, give them. Maybe you have to pay them more. But if they're just like linemen or whatever. Now, the most exciting thing about that commercial is picture OBJ in a Browns uniform. I know that's gonna be very exciting. I wonder yeah. who will do the lift uh, on the Browns. I would assume Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Uh, I suppose that's true. Manning was the quarterback. Yeah. All right. That was fan freaking tastic. What I take away from this is that postmodernism is the way to go because it was honestly hard mm-hmm. for me to find a commercial that really fit into this right. that we hadn't talked about. I mean, I'm sure because, yeah, then the other things, I mean, they're out there. We just don't talk about them because they're not that interesting, right? Yeah. Like cars driving through snowy roads. Yeah, but for or, it to be fun, you got to have yeah. Pierce Brosnan like making jokes about it yeah right oh man well thanks for finding all of those well thank you to you and thank you to thomas flight and celine and to celine it was really celine's idea yeah, she's like you, have celine. you done this on the show yet and i was like no but i think i have an idea now and i also love that uh, you, we knew because of our schedules that you'd be doing most of the producing and so i was able to just say hey why don't you put together a show on postmodernism bye <laughs> <laughs> no that's my favorite kind of production <laughs> Everybody's talking at me I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind So, uh, based on a listener suggestion, we've been taking emails and calls from people who've actually been in commercials before. Yes. Who knew this was such a rich vein? I am thrilled. And uh, I want to start by saying thank you to listener Michelle, who sent us uh, two excellent commercials that she was in. Uh, she did not have any speaking roles, uh, but these are national commercials, and that I remember both of these, by the way. Really? Um, she said, I wanted to send in my two claims to fame from my very short-lived career as a commercial kid in the 80s. I grew up in SoCal, so we'd go up to L.A. in the mm. afternoon for interviews. This first one is for McDonald's, um, and you won't hear her. In fact, I don't think you'll hear anybody. I think it's just um, like a, a jingle. Uh, but it's all these different scenarios where people are enjoying McDonald's um, and her part in it. And I'll uh, I'll sing out when I see it. Okay. She's a little tiny girl playing a cello and her cello teacher 
is uh, conducting with a McDonald's French fry. Okay, I'm passing you the bell right, right. there. You can ring the bell when, when we see her. All right. When we see her. Okay, here we go. And then there's some little white children wearing uh, head uh, Indian headdresses and doing some cultural appropriation. So Michelle, I'm great. I'm, I'm sure you're grateful that you were not yeah. made to do that role. Maybe they're just Cleveland Indians fans. Equally bad. I, know. I was watching the home run derby yesterday because I have a very rich inner life and um, <laughs> and apparently <laughs> outer, outer life <laughs> and it takes place in uh, or it's taking place actually as we speak the all-star break is happening in Cleveland and so of course those are the Cleveland Indians uh, fans and while the Chief Wahoo logo has officially been like put aside for the most part um, the fans are still clinging to it right and like at one point I think there was one Cleveland Indian player who was playing in the home run derby. So, you know, the crowd's going crazy for him. And he actually did terribly. He did, I think, the worst out of all of them that I saw. And when he hit one home run and it went over the wall and it landed in the hands of a white man wearing an Indian headdress, I've never been so happy that the hometown hero did so poorly. Yeah. End of rant. End of rant. Sorry. Not um, appropriate for this podcast. No, I look. Yeah. I'll get on my soapbox right now, and you'll have to drag me down from yeah. it. Um, this is just a little bit more details about the commercial. Oh, yeah. She said, um, uh, I pretended to be taking a cello lesson while my teacher used the fry as a conductor's baton. We filmed it at a house in Arcadia. Dazzling deep, they baked the fries in the house's oven. So they Whoa, were not really. Even, so, I mean, but that's well, interesting. That's, they're usually at least they're really real big. fries. Yeah, Usually no it's kidding. like, oh, it was made out of, you know, a pipe cleaner right or yes. <laughs> you know? yep and like in in cereal the, it's always the milk is glue right exactly right? um so this next one is for uh gem and the holograms which i was a huge fan really of. oh my god gem and the holograms was like it was a cartoon and then they, of course they made toys and it was sort of like a barbie like toy although gems it started in the archie comics verse is that it? true i think so i think oh, you I had the archies that. as a band and then you had gem as another oh, band interesting yeah i think um, it came from that it's so uh it seems so different from the archies universe but anyway double check that while you talk um so gem and the holograms uh for for anyone who didn't grow up in the 80s like i did uh gem was a powerful businesswoman by day but um at night or whenever she felt like it, I guess she would like somehow magically transform into this rock star. It was kind of like Superman, Clark Kent, like she looked identical, but mm-hmm, whatever, right, like yeah. she would be a rock star. Sort of also very Hannah Montana, I think, uh, uh, borrowed some of this. So she is the lead singer of the Holograms. She is the, they have an enemy band called um, the Misfits. <laughs> what do they do? Um, they have dance-offs? Like they, yeah, like, and then they'd always do like mean tricks and stuff to make the holograms be like not win the big, you know, Mm -hmm. music festival or whatever. Not unlike, uh, isn't that like a plot of the pitch perfect or something? Isn't there like a bad, yeah, there's always a bad, there's always a bad singing team. Yeah. uh, If I've learned anything. Um, So they made dolls of this, uh, of, of the 
of the holograms and the misfits. I had all of the dolls, my sister and I between us. Um, unfortunately, they were like just slightly different from Barbie, so they really couldn't. They were slightly bigger scale than Barbie, so you couldn't use your so you same use your doll Barbie toys clothes, or exactly, clothes, yeah, which was smart by the Gem and the Holograms makers. So this is another ad where you're going to hear. You're not going to hear Michelle. Uh, she and three other girls uh, are, you know, meant to be excited about the the dolls, the toys, mm. um, and they are. <laughs> this is great. Uh, she says, I'm the Japanese girl in the bottom right corner. We were basically set up to mirror the band. Two white girls, a black girl, and an Asian. Uh, and so the only girl who gets to talk in this is the gem analog. Right. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, quick aside before I hit play on this. I was confusing them with Josie and the Pussycats, who I believe that is, was from the Archie world. Yes. It does look like there was a crossover comic or something, but that is not that doesn't back me up. That's not the origin. So my apologies to you, Genevieve, to Jem, to Michelle, and everybody else in the gang. Jem, Jem. truly She's also Jerrica, the president of Starlight Music. But only her friends, the holograms, Kimber, Aja, and Shayna, know that Jerrica's also Jen. Their clothes are so sharp. Her Jen star earrings are the ultimate. I think I saw Michelle. totally awesome. Jem comes with Jem and Jerrica outfits. Kimber, Aja, and Shayna sold separately with cassette from Hasbro. I, I feel like I remember that. Yeah, That's I really do. exciting. I mean, I had those toys. That's awesome. Yes. Now, there is Michelle, you're so famous. Michelle, you are so famous. And let me tell you of something even more exciting about Michelle. She says, I was also an extra on Cagney and Lacey and in a what? TV movie called Sins of the Past. What? She says, I never had a line in anything I did, so I guess I wasn't much of a thespian. Oh. But I did find, God bless you too. I did. You, you found this or Michelle I, sent this in? I said, I found this. I found the entire ABC movie Sins of the Past. It is on YouTube in its entirety. The 1984 ABC Monday Night Movie. Yes, and I want you to play just the like little intro. Uh, I think I have. If you click on the link here, I think it should start in the right place. Okay, and it'll tell you just like about the a little bit about the movie and who stars in it. Okay, here we go. The tales at eleven. Gather around the TV. The ABC Monday Night Movie's on. Maybe send the kids to bed. This one's pretty racy. Oh, sins of the past. Tonight, an ABC premiere presentation. The Knights. I think the dark's exciting. The men. I was a cool girl. But she wanted out. You can't buy everything. The lie of a new life. You know, lady, I really don't believe you. The nightmare of the old. I can't protect you much longer. Barbara Carrera, Tony Geary, Debbie Boo, and Kirstie Alley. This is crazy. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Nothing can save them from the sins of the past. Next. Are we watching this tonight? Or are we watching this tonight? I really want to watch this tonight. Yes. It's only like 90 minutes. I think we can totally watch this tonight. Oh, followed up by a commercial for Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Am I correct about this? I probably. Oh, man. The timing checks out. I've lost lost the place. So I'm dying to watch this whole thing because I want to spot Michelle. I hate limousines, but I hate. Uh, When the whole world is watching. 
God, these ads will be amazing. You gotta separate before we kill each other. Rick Springfield. You're very beautiful. You're very troubled. Hard to catch. Hard to handle. Hard to hold. Rated PG. Okay, so it's a Rick Springfield movie. I'm, I not apologize. Drick, not Bruce Springsteen. I ap- apologize to the boss. A lot of people get them. Yeah, up. Rick Springfield. Hard to listen to. <laughs> Anyway, Michelle, that was such a treat. Thank you for sending in your commercials. Thank you for allowing me to dig up the sins of the past. Oh, man. Um, we have been going on for quite some time. Uh, what, been a long actually, one. what time is it? Do you know? Oh, it's jingle time. Head council, it's jingle time. Wait for it. Okay, it's a long ring out. <laughs> I love it so much. Let's take a listen to this voicemail that we got from the great state of Kansas. Hey, this is Kristen in Kansas City, and I am a few episodes behind, so I apologize if jingles aren't really a thing anymore. They are really a thing. But I had an experience <laughs> the other day that only I think the two of you would appreciate, so... My boyfriend is traveling in Europe right now, and um, on his very first night there in Brussels, he was pickpocketed. So he lost all his credit cards, debit cards, driver license, the whole shebang. And I had to um, send him some money via Western Union, which apparently is still a thing that exists. And, of course, I could not do so without thinking of the song from their 90s commercials that goes something like, Everybody needs some money sometimes. Everybody needs some cash somehow. And then they do the little part of the commercial, and then they say, My sometimes is now. Okay, thanks. Bye. First of all, Good job on the jingle. Very good job. I vividly remember those ads. You were singing along. Yep. Um, or lip syncing along. Um, also, should I just raise this? I mean, is there a chance that he wasn't pickpocketed? I mean, that just seems so convenient. Well, like, that is the thing. Like, that's how a lot of people do get scammed. I hope, I assume that. I think it was more of a, like, a bachelor, a ba- or what's the uh, movie, The the Hangover? It's probably oh, there was more a hangover a, situation? I, I mean, I don't want to cause trouble, but what if Kristen's partner was, um, you know, like, up to some no good and he just said i don't know i got pickpocketed on the street so what happened he got he got hangovered and I think that's he why hangovered. he doesn't have his stuff i think that he was a wolf pack of one well i'm if your boyfriend married a prostitute by accident my condolences <laughs> all right let's take a listen to um i don't know if i don't know if i remembered this before watching the commercial now no. i feel like i do this one that i found is from 1993 in this particular tableau we have a guy who is apparently in the world's shittiest hotel he looks like he must be like a probably like a traveling salesman kind of guy he's like in a crappy hotel it looks like he's eating too much watching tv and then he i think he's swinging a fly out of his face he accidentally hits the light bulb that's hanging overhead which then smashes into the tv which then falls onto the ground which then uh, short circuits the entire hotel we see the light the hotel light outside blink out and then he has to call home under threat of the manager of the hotel who's like standing right behind him menacingly with a big uh, flashlight while he calls home. Did that all make sense? Yeah. I couldn't narrate it as we go. It happens too fast. Everybody needs some money sometimes. Everybody needs some cash 
Hello? Rita. It's midnight. I need $500. Now. I'll call Western Union. Just call 1-800-CALL-CASH. And you can send money from home. At the very end, he's finally ready to leave. He gets in his car to pull away, but he accidentally puts it in reverse. This guy and plows can, back. This guy into needs to be it. institutionalized. No, I, I mean, and again, it's like that traveling salesman kind yeah. of like trope of kind of sweaty. Yeah, overweight suspenders. He reminds you of a John Goodman character, like in, at best. I mean, John Goodman in uh, that's generous. He plays a traveling salesman in two different Coen Brothers movies, right? Uh, Barton Fink yeah. and uh, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah, although in both, I think he's sort of secretly a demon. In the second one, he's... Um, a Cyclops. He's Cyclops, right. Uh, not Cyclops, the superhero. He's Cyclops he's from... a Cyclops. <laughs> from not Ol- the Cyclops. From Homer's <laughs> Odyssey. All right, let's go uh, play another voicemail here. Uh, this one is from your home state, Genevieve. Hi, Genevieve and Andrew. This is Aaron calling from Georgia. I had to call in for two reasons. I had already planned to call in with this jingle, but I listened to the show today about the 4th of July ads in America. And at the very end, Andrew said he remembered a jingle that was from his childhood, and why hadn't anyone called in with it? And I got a little, felt a little betrayed because I have called in with that jingle before. Um, it's like, I feel like chicken tonight, like mm. chicken tonight. So I did call in with that. It's okay. It's been a while. So. I just want to say I apologize, Aaron. If you know me at all, you know I have a terrible memory. Yes, and now that you say that, I do remember that, and I should right. have recalled it when you said that. Yes. So I understand. If you don't remember... But this jingle is one that I've been hearing a lot. You don't hear a lot of jingles these days on commercials. So I kept seeing the commercial and I thought, I've got to learn that song and I've got to call in and sing it for after these messages. It's for Marathon Gas Stations. They have several of these, but the song is always the same. So I'm going to do my best to um, perform it for you here. So please forgive me if it's not exactly up to par. But here it goes. There's something out there for you and me And the American road is calling So what's it gonna be? Hey, it's an amazing day Traveling along the highway No matter where it leads us We can smile Because it's meaning in my there you go. Just your modern American gas station anthem. I hope you enjoyed. <laughs> I did enjoy it. She broke out a goddamn guitar. That was so great. That's awesome. I was unfamiliar with this. Now, we don't have Marathon Gas around here, no. but I grew up with them. They definitely have them in Ohio and clearly in Georgia. Did you grow up with them? I, probably. It just, uh, I don't remember them. I found one of the ads that she's talking about. Looks like this uh, was airing as of uh, March of last year, maybe April of last year. Um, and um, she nailed it. I mean, for me, this will always be second best, you know, after that. But let's take a listen to the original. There's something out there for you and me. And the American road is calling. So what's it going to be? Hey, it's in America. Oh, 
there's meaning in the miles. That's very sweet. Um, the actual commercial yeah, or Aaron's performance? Both, of it. but I just the commercial was like surprisingly moving. It was no for a gas um, station commercial. <laughs> it was no Gene and Gene. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it people the people were actually nice to each other in this ad. Oh shit. Gene and Gene is for 76. 76. Okay, I was like, I, there's no way we could have talked about that that much without me remembering the actual company. <laughs> um, and uh, that made me think of something else that I can't think of right now. So let's move on. I got one more voicemail for you here, Vives. This is from, I couldn't catch the name. Hi, this is Kelly Blower calling from Michigan. I'm going to say maybe Kelly Blower. Is that what we think she said? That could be Let's it. just go with that. Okay. Go on, Kelly Blower. Hi, this is Kelly Blower calling from Michigan. I am leaving. I've been thinking about a commercial from my childhood, which was in the early 60s, which gives away my age. But the thing I liked about it <clears throat> was the fact that the second verse really shows up how dark the first verse actually is. <clears throat> so here goes. Okay. Oh, I'd love to be an Oscar Mayer wiener. Classic. That is what I truly like to be. Cause if I was an Oscar Mayer wiener, everyone would be in love with me. Second verse. Oh, I'm glad I'm not an Oscar Mayer wiener. That is what I'd never wanna be. Cause if I were an Oscar Mayer wiener, there would soon be nothing left of me. Thank you. Bye bye. I don't think I've ever heard I the second verse. I was going to say, this is like finding out that, you know, there's another verse to uh, the Star Spangled Banner, which <laughs> right. I p- periodically relearn and re-remember. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, that's amazing. And, and it's weird that the first verse totally is contradicted by the second yeah, verse. Yeah, I love it. That's, now that's postmodern. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly Blower. You can sell anything. All right, what a fun show, Veeves. Thanks again for putting it all together. Oh, thank you to you and Celine for the idea. I really enjoyed it, and uh, it was fun to uh, revisit my grad school days. <laughs> you love it. I do. I do. Um, please, uh, if you have thoughts about this show or any other shows, get in touch with us. You can email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail. You can join us on the Facebook group, which is After These Messages. Uh, or you can call us at 607-444-5597. That's 607-444-5597. I misspoke at the end of last week's show. I said that we're going to be airing our live show from Ace Comic Con this week. Clearly, we did not do that. Uh, we will be airing that next week, unless there's some breaking post-postmodernist news we got to cover. All right. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you then. Can't sell anything.